Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Justin, usually when we do question and answer episodes... Q&A in parlance of the biz. Oh, well, okay, excuse me. Q&A? Q&A. Q&A? QAnon. Oh. No. no. No, sorry. Mm, no, not My here. Mistake. Not here. Usually when we do those episodes, I request questions ahead of time, right? Like right. We'll, we'll like tweet that out there and uh, specify that we're looking for, for your questions. This time, this episode, uh, as we like to say in the artistic world, arose organically from our listeners. Mm. Organically. In the biz, we call that rising organically. Yeah, I say, so my, I say my mom's, I, I hear my mom say that a lot when she's directing community theater. Mm-hmm. Did it arose organically? Organically? Yeah, just let it just let it happen organically. Uh, that's that, how, that means she didn't come up with anything ahead of time. <laughs> I've used that line as a director too. Let's just see where this movement organically goes. <laughs> Let's just watch this dance organically evolve. Uh, so anyway, this happened because a lot of you have been sending me questions related to the COVID vaccine. Uh, I didn't. Asked for them, but I'm very grateful that you sent them. It was it was a good idea. For that reason, usually when we read your questions, we we name all of our question askers. Mm-hmm. But since I didn't specifically request your questions, I left out names because they may not. It may not have been for public consumption. Exactly. I my assume I assume unless you tell me otherwise, I assume you don't want me to read your your name on air. Yeah. So that's I, maybe that's a good thing to note for the future. Yeah. Like. If you're cool with it, mention it because or if we ask for your questions, but otherwise I don't. So anyway, I have collected all the questions that we've been sent because, as you probably know, if you've ever listened to a single episode of the show, Justin and I uh, are big fans of vaccines. Oh, we're wild about the things. Have you guys tried these vaccines? We love vaccines. And uh, if you've listened to our recent episodes, you may know that we are both in the AstraZeneca vaccine trial. So that's how much we love vaccines. We are part of science in the making. Can you say, by the way? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that gets to one of the questions, actually. Okay. There's well, a whole question about it. Okay. That I will use to update you on how that trial Okay. Is so I'll, I'll give you the updates. Um, but I want to launch right in with these questions because there were a lot. And they're the same questions that I'm seeing echoed from family, from friends, from like people on social media, just that I know casually are asking these same things. Okay. Um, patients, too. So. 
Uh, first of all, could you discuss what the possible consequences there might be to a pregnant person or the developing human in utero choosing to get the vaccine? Why isn't there data collected for pregnant people? Um, similarly, school-aged children. So the, I saw, there were a lot of questions about this, actually. I, I kind of just I put them all together here. Uh, why, why wasn't it tested? The one that's out right now is the Pfizer. By the time this airs, Moderna will either be approved or about to be approved. Yeah. So it will be close to being out there. Um, why do we not know if they're okay for pregnant people? I, I would say this is a problem in medical research in general. We tend to not test things in pregnant or breastfeeding patients just because of, you know, liability, risk, that kind it's, of thing. It's tough. We've talked about this with medications, I think, where nobody wants to be the the guinea pig with their fetus. <laughs> or exactly. the guinea fetus, so, if you will. And well, you know though, I think what I have learned, especially from watching people get this vaccine, especially a lot of the um healthcare workers who are getting the vaccine first, mm -hmm. who might happen to be pregnant, it's not really so much reluctance on the part of the patients or the subjects. I think it's reluctance on the part of the researchers to to embark on that research because of the risk or liability. Right. Um, I have observed lots of pregnant people getting vaccinated right now with these vaccines. The official stance is that since we didn't test them in pregnant people or breastfeeding people or school age children, for that matter, since we didn't do those tests, we can't say that they're safe. Mm -hmm. We're not saying they're not safe. We just don't know. We didn't do it. Uh, but. Unlike some drugs where when we don't know, we say it's contraindicated, meaning so don't don't do it. What they're saying for pregnant and breastfeeding people, not school age children, but pregnant and breastfeeding people is you should have a conversation with your healthcare professional and make it the right decision for you. The reason is that theoretically there's no risk. OK, it's not a live virus vaccine. The Pfizer is not the Moderna, which is coming, is not uh, so based on that knowledge of what the vaccine is and how it works, it should not be dangerous. Now, we didn't do the studies to prove it, but they're leaving it up to the, the patient to decide if they want to. Um, as far as like what risk there could be to the fetus, I, there, I don't even have a theoretical risk to give you. You can't get COVID from the vaccines, so that's not a risk. Mm -hmm. And the mRNA in the vaccine, and I'll get into this a little more in depth, it doesn't enter the nucleus of your cell. Mm -hmm. So that's one big, one big fear is like, well, what if it gets in, up all up in my DNA and, I don't know, turns me into a virus cheetah, or whatever? Yeah, cheetah, <laughs> cheetah powers. What if it's like, I've seen so many images of Jeff Goldblum from The Fly in this discussion. It doesn't get into the nucleus of your cell where your DNA is stored. It doesn't do that. So it can't. Okay. So it can't do that to you or a developing fetus. What if your fetus is a dum-dum tinfoil hat or uh, anti-vaxxer <laughs> that you've uh, taken the choice out of their hands? I got nothing for you. So I have seen many pregnant people taking the vaccine. I have seen breastfeeding people take the vaccine. I, f I have said this, I think, on the show, full disclosure, I am still nursing our youngest and I participated in the vaccine trial for the AstraZeneca vaccine. So obviously it was a risk that I felt was safe. I felt like it was worth taking that it was safe. Um, but it is a personal choice. Uh, but it is a problem in medical research in general. We don't, we don't check enough stuff in pregnant people. Um, another question was, I was thinking about as news is of the vaccine communities roll in is, will I ever be in a situation where I need to decide which one to get and how would I pick? 
I can't fathom that at least for the foreseeable future, that's going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. The way that they're sort of rolling out the vaccines, they're very targeted. Like I know locally, um, our the first health system to get it got the Pfizer mm-hmm. and some uh, of our docs who go back and forth between different hospitals are actually on the list for next week when the other hospital system gets like the VA system gets the Moderna, mm-hmm. assuming that all goes well. Um, so I, I don't think at least for a while it's going to be an option. I think you're just going to be offered one of them. If you were offered one, I really don't know how you would at this point. I, I don't have a preference. There's I, probably a quiz online you could take a buzzfeed quiz what are some of your favorite flavors are you someone are you staying at home in cozy pjs or are you going out clubbing maybe you're an astrazeneca person no i i'll be honest i had been following the moderna from the beginning of this whole thing just because i thought it was cool um because i'm a nerd okay i have no other reason i was gonna let you say why it's cool but if you want to the mrna thing but the pfizer is too i just thought it was i don't know anyway it doesn't matter take whatever one you can whatever whatever syringe hoves into your reach (laughs) first i I could not think of a reason why you would choose one over the other just take whatever you can get um someone sent me a a big giant sort of anti-vax missive that they saw on their social media feed and sort and just wanted me to kind of respond to it because and I think I'm I'm responding to pieces of it, not the whole thing, because it veered into the um, political realm. Yeah, and I I mean I'm not going to talk. I'm a scientist. I'm not going to talk about. We've that. never talked as despite <laughs> what uh, several disgruntled former listeners have emailed us to say. We have never talked about politics on Sawbones, and we never will. No, well, it's not that. It's like some of the some of the arguments against it were like the Gates paid for it, and like I'm not. Hey, I'm uh, not gonna. Real quick, actually, can I touch on that for for oh, one? Do you want to? Yeah, can I yeah. actually touch on that really quick? Just want everybody to know, and this would be a great thing. Um, if you hear like say Tucker Carlson or anybody else on the Fox News or other properties like that, uh, trying to sow seeds of doubt about the uh, COVID. Uh, vaccine please know that rupert murdoch got it this morning in the year of our lord 2020 december 18th Mm -hmm. um that was reported maybe he got it yesterday but yeah rupert murdoch got it so okay moving on uh mike pence got it mike pence got it yeah so i I mean not that these two are role models for you in your day-to-day life but if somebody tries to step Maybe mention that, that I also, those facts. If people want to start throwing at you, like, well, Bill Gates paid for it, which I don't care. I mean, his money spends. Dolly Parton helped pay for the Moderna vaccine. You creeps. So you got a problem with Dolly? Come I don't on. think so. I don't think you do. Nobody does. Okay. Probably so does. I don't want to go in. I mean, like, those are, I want to focus on the science problems. Um, so this person who, says their doctor starts off by saying that mRNA vaccine technology is completely new and they say we have no idea if it will be effective or safe. Okay, this is easily debunked. We know it's effective because they did the trials that showed it was effective. That one <laughs> is, is easy. You, you can read these papers. They've been published for everyone to read. If you if you want to read the Pfizer data, if you want to read the Moderna data, if you want to read the, the early preliminary AstraZeneca data, it's out there. You can read it. They did the trials. They know it's effective. They know it's safe. They did the studies to prove it. So that's just, I don't, I don't, I mean, this is just playing off fear. Um, a lot of people have asked the question why did we why did they do something with new technology 
when we have established vaccine technology, why would you go with mRNA technology? And I think this kind of plays into this issue. Why did we? Well, first of all, it's new in the sense that this is the first vaccine that people have gotten using this technology, but our ability to do this is not new. We've known how to make an mRNA vaccine for quite a while. We just hadn't had the opportunity to showcase it. Um, The pandemic is that opportunity because mRNA vaccines, as we've talked about on the show before, you can make so much faster. Um, You can reliably make mRNA for commercial production really fast. So it was the perfect vehicle for a vaccine that was necessary in, in as fast as you could safely do it to save lives. That's why. We know how to do it. We've yeah. known how to do it for a while. So we did it. Um, it just bothers me. It's like, well, why did we decide to go to the moon? That seems dangerous. <laughs> uh, the next point they make is that um, because it's an mRNA vaccine, it could in- sneak into our DNA and change us into flies or whatever. As I've said, it's impossible. It doesn't get into our nucleus. It does not incorporate into your DNA. It makes this spike protein, which is completely harmless. And then the mRNA is degraded by your body. So the messenger, the mRNA is packaged in a little circle of lipids, right? These little teeny lipid nanoparticles that make a little sphere. And they circle the piece of mRNA. And it gets into your cell, not into the nucleus. Mm -hmm. And then the ribosomes which translate the, uh, the mRNA into proteins. It makes the spike protein out of the mRNA. And then once it's done with the instructions, it does what you do with instructions when you're done with them. Throw them away. Throws it away. They're gone. And then you got these harmless spike proteins. So, well, I mean, unless it's for a part, well, then I save those because I might need to re- reference. You save them in a drawer. Well, your body doesn't do that. It throws away the mRNA. It's done with it. And then those proteins teach your body how to fight off COVID. That's it. It's got not it. going to turn you into a fly. It just doesn't. Shame. Uh, these new vaccines contain formaldehyde and aluminum and mercury. No, they don't. Read read the ingredients. They're available widely online. They just they just they're not in don't. There. And even when they have been found in trace amounts in vaccines, it's less than what you would get when you like eat fish. So it's still fine, but they don't. Um, since viruses mutate frequently, the chance of the vaccine working for more than a year is unlikely. Nope. As we've said before many times about the coronavirus, not just me, but anybody who talks about it, this one doesn't mutate very frequently to the extent that a vaccine wouldn't work. It mutates a little and the vaccines still work. There's no reason to think the vaccines won't continue to work for a while. We don't know how long yet. Right. Which is why Justin and I are in this study for two years. Right. But yes, they will continue to work. Um, No long term safety studies. Well, okay, the pandemic started in this country in March. Uh, depending on how you want to. Late February. I don't know. Anyway. We got worked up about it in March. <laughs> so, of course, we can't have longer term studies on the vaccines than they've existed. Yes, that is fair. But we know from all the vaccines we've ever made that you're most likely, if you're going to have any sort of problem or reaction to a vaccine, you're most likely to have it in the first Usually six weeks, but at least by the first two months. It is incredibly rare that anyone has any problem that could even possibly be related to a vaccine longer than two months out. That's why those two-month markers were set for the FDA. That's why they said after patients have gotten their second dose and two months have elapsed, we look at all the safety data and make a decision. That's why that was set. Mm -hmm. Because it's just almost impossible that anything will happen past that. I'm not saying... Nothing has ever happened in the history of mankind. I'm saying, like, that is an accepted rule. Okay. Um, 
And then I don't know, then there was a bunch of lies about how COVID's not a big deal and not that many people are dying and the pandemic is over anyway. Okay, all, I, all wicked yeah. untrue. Um, the, I just got off the phone with a friend and she said she was likely not getting the vaccine because of long-term side effects. Have there been vaccines in the past that have long-term side effects? I think we just kind of, we kind of covered that. No, most happen very soon. Um, there are a lot of anti-vaxxers saying they're not going to get vaccinated because it's not going to stop the spread. I've read online that they're not sure if the vaccine will stop the spread or not. Like it would help you not get that sick, but you could still spread it basically. Right. So, okay. First of all, I think it's still, I would argue that even if that was the case, it's still worth it to get the vaccine. To not die of COVID. Because then you won't like have to be hospitalized or die of COVID. So that, I mean, that's still a good reason in my mind. We don't know for sure. They didn't routinely in the Pfizer and Moderna trials check for asymptomatic infections. So there is this thought, could you get vaccinated and still carry the virus and give it to someone else, but not know because you never got sick? Right. We don't I, we just don't have enough data to know for sure yet. It's going to take more time before we know that the AstraZeneca trial actually did check for asymptomatic infections and did show that it was good at reducing the spread. So, so there you go. There is there is some data there. And I'm not saying that's not true for Pfizer and Moderna. I'm just saying, again, it's an area where we just don't have the data yet. Similar to pregnant people. We just don't have the data. But um, the fewer people who are hospitalized with COVID and die of COVID, the better. For everybody. Yes. Think about it. Uh, and for our hospitals that are overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so Which the re- they really are, by the way. Can't make that up. Can't yes. fake that statistic. <laughs> They're just are full. There are people being admitted to tents in parking lots. In the United States of America, there are people being admitted to hospitals that are the tent that are tents in the parking lot of hospitals because the hospitals are full. So that is a that is a true fact. Um, There is a a question and there were many questions about this because of the concern about severe allergies with the Pfizer vaccine, because there were a few patients who had an allergic response Mm -hmm. to the vaccine. And then there was a follow up question with that about like autoimmune diseases. And basically, could you trigger, you know, should people with allergies not get them or somebody with an autoimmune disease like celiac disease? Should we not get it because it could trigger some sort of autoimmune reaction? Um, The concern with immunocompromised patients and vaccines is really the worry is that they won't work. Oh, if your immune system has trouble responding to viruses and bacteria in the wild. Then it may have trouble building the response based on the vaccine. Exactly. And this is for people who are on immunosuppressants or people who have other, you know, compromised immune systems for other reasons. So that is really the concern is that it just won't be very helpful in these vaccines. If it was a live virus vaccine, we would have other concerns, but they're not. So that's not relevant to this conversation. Um, In terms of triggering some sort of autoimmune disease, there's really just no... This has been studied, and so far there's never been any evidence that that happens. You're actually way more likely to trigger an autoimmune reaction by getting a virus than you are by getting the vaccine to the virus. Hmm. The best example of this is Guillain-Barre syndrome and the flu. Uh, While there was a slightly higher increase of cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome after the 76-77 swine flu vaccine, Mm -hmm. just in that one year. Since then, there hasn't been. And now, statistically, you're more likely to get Guillain-Barre syndrome after having the flu than you are after having the flu vaccine. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps. But that is that is generally 
the accepted thought right now. We, I, I get what you're saying. There's some argument you could make, a theoretical argument for why this might happen after a vaccine. But so far, the evidence is not bearing out that it's a threat. Okay. Um, That's good enough for me. And the recommendation here is that if you do have severe allergies um, to the extent that you have anaphylaxis and have to carry an EpiPen, you may want to, like, the, I think in the UK it was you may consider not getting the Pfizer vaccine. Um here, the CDC recommendation is you have it in a healthcare facility, like have it somewhere where there are people medical watching professional, yeah. professional, yeah, who can watch you for 30 minutes after the vaccine. Okay. And obviously, if you're supposed to carry an EpiPen with you at all times, please carry it. Yeah, EpiPen have that with, with you. you. Yeah. Um, I've got a, so a few more questions, Justin, but before we do that. Wait, but I have all these questions. I know. What am I supposed to do? This huge, got this huge stack of questions. Save them for after the billing department. Now let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here uh and the meals i can say are delicious so what do you got to lose head on over to factormeals.com sawbones50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier then you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the Easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, 
you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay, okay, I've still got them. But I'm, I'm, we're running out of time, Sydney. I need you to start addressing these concerns and okay. questions. I'll try to move a little quicker. I, okay. That that big anti-vax missive, those always just drive me right. It's a good way wall. to keep Sydney busy. If you ever need to get some work around the house done or you want to go Christmas shopping for her or something, mm-hmm. just make a, a cardboard cutout of yourself and ask her about some anti-vax propaganda. <laughs> uh, or about Dawson the Greek. They both work. That's true. That's fair. Since getting COVID doesn't mean you can't get it again, how does the vaccine work? Um I, you know, this is a fair question because I have had a lot of people ask that question like, well, but, you know, we think maybe the immunity isn't forever. That's a lot of stuff, though, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. you have to get boosters of your tetanus shot every 10 years or something. Right? So we you're basically your immune system is induced the same way, whether we're talking about a natural infection, a wild infection or a vaccine. Right. We're still enrolling your your, your macrophage is going to grab a hold of these spike proteins that are made. You know, the MRA, mRNA is going to go in there. You're going to make some spike proteins. The macrophage is going to grab a hold of it and go, hey, look at this thing I found. And then your T cells are going to come over and be like, this is bad. This is an intruder. And then your B cells are going to be like, I'll remember that guy for the rest of my freaking life and make antibodies. And- but then they die. <laughs> and you got to get another one. But sometimes the, they forget. Sometimes they do forget over time. And you got to get a booster. Guys never um, forget. Just like with natural immunity. Sometimes your body forgets over time. And you got to get a booster. Um, drop your guard. Which is better in the vaccine sense than it is in reinfection sense. This is why, again, these studies are ongoing. Even though the there was enough data collected to say this is a safe, effective, effective vaccine. Let's get it out to the people. We will be in these studies for years so that they can say and they're going to be checking checking our antibodies so that at some point they can say, you know what, either great, you're still immune or ooh, people's immunity might be waning and then they will set a vaccine schedule. That's the reason, we, you know, we have all these vaccine schedules where we know how often you need boosters, like when you're a kid and stuff and throughout your life, like the tetanus shot every 10 years mm-hmm. and all that. The reason we have those is because we did really long-term studies and checked people's antibodies for many, 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 many years. We'll, we'll do this. We'll figure this out, and we can handle it. We don't know yet, but it's okay. We know, you're, we know this vaccine will work now, and that's the important thing. Um, there is a uh, social media post. I've seen many people ask this question um, that states that the COVID-19 vaccine could inhibit fertility, specifically the Pfizer, but... You know, it's introducing this idea for all of the COVID vaccines. Um, so where did this come from? I, I, it took me a minute to trace where this came from, but there was a former Pfizer executive and it seems like someone who's kind of skeptical of the pandemic to begin with. That mm-hmm. is sort of where they come from mm-hmm. in their worldview, uh, who declared uh, he he's already also said, by the way, that it was effectively over in November that the pandemic's over. So that's oh, a relief. Good. Yeah, what? Why are we wasting our time on it? Um, he said that since the spike protein that the vaccine triggers your body to make mm-hmm. is similar to a protein on the placenta, that will train our bodies to attack placentas. Oh, wow! And that's scary. It will render us infertile. 
the problem with that is that that's not true. The two proteins. That's the are only. Not, pro- that's the only problem, though. Yeah, the two proteins are not alike. <laughs> there is no possibility that by teaching us to attack the coronavirus when it comes into our bodies, we will be teaching our bodies to attack the placenta. This is a lie, 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 lie. But other than that, what's the problem with it? Lie. Well, it's a lie. It's, but other so than it's that. not true. There, there is no. And they have seen absolute, and they also did all these trials, and they have seen no evidence that it affects fertility in any way. So please tell people it is not true. This is, please, this is totally untrue. Um, another vaccine, another allergy question. Someone who has lots of food allergies has anaphylaxis to some things, um, and also is immunosuppressed is, is concerned about getting the vaccine. Um, First of all, they also asked, will the other vaccines pose a threat? There's no reason to assume that just because someone had an allergic reaction to the Pfizer that they would to a different vaccine. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to assume that. They've actually said that they're not necessarily seeing that as an increased risk factor. You just accept some people are going to be allergic to some things. Yeah. That's that's just going to happen. Again, if you carry an EpiPen with you and you decide to get these vaccines, please carry your EpiPen with you there, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought make them do it, right? Don't use your EpiPen. It's expensive. They probably come out the hospital. I would still have it with me. Well, I mean, yeah, like, don't tell if I tell it. a patient Wear to always carry pan. an EpiPen, I don't mean like, except not sometimes. I mean, like, just carry it. Except like, but get big cargo <laughs> pants so you can hide your EpiPen and f- try a little bit. Just be like, oh, no, I thought it's in one of these pants. You guys have got to have one. I mean, everybody's got to make the decision that's best for them. But if it, well... Make the decision that's best for you. Yeah. Um, but I again, I don't. That was a joke. It was just kidding. Don't tweet at me, please. I know. It was a joke. I'm just kidding. Right. Bring your EpiPen. Please bring your EpiPen. If someone has told you to carry an EpiPen with you at all times, carry an EpiPen with you all times. All times means all times, folks. Yes, exactly. Um, so there's someone else who says that they were in a study, and this is what I wanted to get to. They were in the Janssen study. Okay. Um, and the question is that can I say just what? I don't I want I think all vaccines are great. That sounds a little generic. That sounds like a little generic to me. The Janssen study. Jan- Janssen or Johnson. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like kind of then Jan the Jan is a Janssen vaccine. Mm-hmm. It just feels like hey, great Justin, value. We you need know all I mean? we need all vaccines. Yeah, but this one just feels a little bit like. Mm-hmm. You know when you have mm-hmm. to tell the other kids that BK on your shoes doesn't stand for British Knights, it stands for Burger King. <laughs> like that just feels Jansen. That one I'm not crazy about. See, I think I don't. I think if I was given the option of not getting the vaccine or getting the Jansen, I'd have to have a good think about it. As a scientist who had like a huge crush on this mRNA technology, um, I felt that way a little bit not getting either of the mrna vaccines okay well you see you see where i'm coming from you just because it's, cool. it's not better it's just cool it's just cool anyway um so what this person is asking is i'm uh, kidding also god <laughs> your vaccine is great thank you for being in a vaccine jansen i'm sure is great no. i love their cla- I, I love people, their class rings i hope that we have established that we love vaccines and we're yeah. all for vaccines and you're joking. I just really like the idea of well, one of the things I predicted when I, everybody was rushing in was that people would start. I think I, I saw Jordan Morris talking about it on Facebook. Like I really wanted people to be like, oh, that's cool that you got Pfizer. But like I kind of held out for Moderna. It's just got like a smoother finish. And it's really I hear it's like a little bit more ethically sourced. And that's kind of my but like any virus, any of them are great. But I just really 
I really love my personal vaccine that I, I got. I, I, I will not lie. I had a moment because I have been, for whatever reason, I had, I had an affinity for the Moderna. I had kind of wanted it. But I, you know what? I'm happy to be vaccinated. So I don't care. Which is the answer to this question, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm giving that away already. So uh, this person was saying, what do I do when the real vaccine becomes available? You know, in another from another maker uh, when and asking me specifically, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of the vaccine manufacturers have already come out and said that this is their plan. Mm-hmm. So I, if you are in a trial, I would contact your investigator to ask the question. Um, but basically, I was in Justin and I are both in the AstraZeneca trial. I received something. And then I got an email from my job last week that said, Uh, Do you want the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, when we get it, we're going to get it next week and we need everybody's name on a list. We need your phone number. And when we call you to come get the vaccine, you got to get your butt down here and get the vaccine because somebody else is going to get it if you don't get it. And we only got so many. So and I my thought was one. Well, I don't want to take a Pfizer vaccine if I've already gotten the AstraZeneca vaccine. Speak for yourself. If they're both 70 (laughs) percent effective, you're 140 percent against COVID, baby. (laughs) No, I didn't want to do that. Uh, One, because I didn't I mean, like. We don't really know what that would do. Uh, <laughs> now that one, they will not. I, <laughs> that one is not advised. That was my, not been studied. My science mind says it's probably fine, but like probably fine is not how science works either. So I don't know what it would do. And secondly, I don't want to take another vaccine. There's a shortage. I'm not going to take two. That's bad. <laughs> so, Even Rupert Murdoch didn't take two. So the instructions are if you are imminently to receive a vaccine and not just because you want to know, like Justin didn't do this because no. we don't know when Justin would be offered a vaccine. Otherwise, I don't leave the house because anyway. um, he's not he's not a priority for whatever reason. <laughs> and you do love reminding me of that. He's not a priority. Uh, so because I am a priority, I contacted my investigator. They unblinded me. So that I could make a decision with science. Yes. (laughs) And I did receive, as I suspected, the real vaccine Um, just because I did have some very minor intolerable, but symptoms that made me think it was the real deal. And and as far Uh, as we know, you're now it's it's like effective now after two weeks, you still got to go back and get your second. Yeah, I got to get my booster the day after Christmas. um, And two weeks after that is when officially, officially it will be working in my body. Uh, the data suggests that probably with the AstraZeneca after the first, you you do have some pretty decent immunity after two weeks. Um, but we don't take chances with COVID. So yeah. two weeks after Christmas, I will officially be immune from the AstraZeneca vaccine. So that's very, I'm very grateful and I'm very excited and I'm very happy that I participate in the trial. And if you are in a trial and you are offered a vaccine outside the trial, I would contact your site investigator because I know a lot of a lot of the manufacturers are offering the same thing um, for ethical reasons. And also, if you if so, that's also a good tip to you listeners. If you start to hear Sydney get a little bit more lax about COVID protocols in the next few months, sort of like, I don't know, do what you want. You don't want to miss your sister's graduation, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You'll know it's because mm-hmm. she's one of the, priv- as I've reminded her many, many times, among the privileged few currently enjoying uh, some level of immunity to the novel coronavirus i know how privileged i am and that that actually leads me to a question I'm as a white a man i'm just glad to have someone around me that has privilege that i don't for once you know you, can i just enjoy may. being may able to check someone that. you just don't know okay well that's still your privilege okay well that leads me to a question somebody said um you know this vaccine rollout is going to be a slow process what will be the protocol in terms of like masks social distancing etc 
nothing changes. Nothing has changed for me. Um, and nothing should change for anybody who gets the vaccine. You're still wearing masks because of this issue that we don't know how that we don't know if they're good at preventing transmission of the virus yet or not. Also, there's you're bad actors who would lie about it. I yes. mean, there's the other fact. You're still distancing. You're still making decisions to, like, don't gather in groups. All the things that you're doing should stay the same for now. You really can't change that. I know that sucks. I know that's hard to hear. But um, I'm not changing. Any, I haven't. I'm, even though I've gotten this information two weeks after Christmas, I'm not hitting a bar. I'm not going out. I'm not doing anything differently. It's just nice to know. When yeah. I go work in the hospital next time. You would, nice you may go back and start volunteering at the the home at a Harmony House again, right? Yeah, that actually is one thing. Still wearing masks, still doing my best to protect myself, but I do feel like I'll be able to serve my community a little better now, knowing that I have this. But I do not change your behavior. I at guess this that's time. why you're a priority. I got to do something in the community. Uh, somebody asked, and this was funny. I saw I've seen this question asked from a lot of um, the doctors that I work with. We've talked so much about how cold you need to keep the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna, but the Pfizer especially, mm-hmm. how cold you have to keep it to transport it and stuff. And they asked, could it freeze my muscle at the injection site? <laughs> um, you you thaw it and bring it up to room temperature before you administer it. I heard they're going to they might use Dippin' Dots uh, freezers. I know. Did you see that? Yes. Riley Shannon. Riley was bragging about it because she likes Dippin' Dots and I cannot stand them. And then Dippin' Dots responded to her and I felt embarrassed. <laughs> Because you had been dunking on their product. You yes. know how we feel about brands in this household, Cindy. Anyway, uh, no, they bring it up to, but which is also why, like, if you're going to get it, go get it and, like, sign up and go for it. Because when they thaw it, they don't, they have a window in which they have to administer it and you can't refreeze it. They'll just jab it and whoever walks past. <laughs> There's probably somebody waiting for it. Um, someone also asked, given our experience, would we include our children in the next round of vaccine trials if they were for kids in a heartbeat (laughs) yes i would i believe in all in this technology whether it's the pfizer the moderna the astrazeneca the jansen i believe in the technology the jansen though i mean (laughs) i believe in all of it i i've read the studies the preliminary data the data that's come out for the ones that have been released i i trust it i have faith in it yes yes because then also if as soon as when my daughter is vaccinated, she can go back to school and see other kids. And, oh my gosh! And not sort of be in our no. House. She misses children. She misses other kids. DMR. I miss the Mandalorian. I need my child to be out of the house. They are becoming feral just being around us all the time. They need other children. So yes, I I trust it. I would. Yes, I would. Her teachers are doing a great job, by the way. Yes, our teachers are are uh, Miss Miss Adkins and Miss Smith. Uh, I don't. Heroes. I don't think I've. <laughs> I don't, think I've done, I don't know how they're. You have the most anonymous last names, uh, Charlie's teachers. So I don't think I've outed you, but you're you're doing a great job. Yeah, I don't know if they listen to our show, but if they do, we we, we I've been so impressed with um, being able to like corral. There's like 20 kids on a, on a Zoom, Zoom call. I can't get kindergartners. My, I can't get my brothers to behave. Yeah, these teachers, are, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. But teachers um, were already superheroes, but now you're. I don't know. But I know that um, that. Charlie would very much like to hug her teacher. And so yeah. I'm hoping that, yes, I would enroll them in a vaccine trial in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Um, just a couple more questions. Uh, and that kid hates shots. So it would be a whole thing. Uh, no, she has. She's turned on this one. That's how much, you know, she wants to get out of this house. Oh, she told yeah? me that she's ready for it. Somebody, she wants somebody it. wants to get a great wolf watch. Yes. She knows it's a needle and she's OK with that because she so <laughs> wants to leave the yeah. house. 
Uh, someone said, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm just confused. They're saying the vaccines have 90-ish percent effectiveness. How are they coming up with this? Are they giving people the vaccine and then giving them the virus? How do you figure this out? Can I try? Because yeah. I think I know this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, this is why there are placebos, right? Because yes. it gives you a control yep. for people who uh, are living their lives in their normal fashion, uh, taking whatever precautions they would, and you compare those two groups and see who got COVID in that mm-hmm. time period. And yep. that's your, that's a big reason for the placebos. Exactly. You need, you need a standardized control group that has been, you know, randomized to sort of mirror the study arm to make sure that the vaccine is working by comparing those two groups. You couldn't just compare them to like the country as a whole or that state or whatever. You really need a set group to compare numbers to. Right. And also a group that you're monitoring and you know their daily habits and you know how likely they are to get COVID in the first place. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can just can, pick well, random you want them to people. Be similar. You want the two groups to be similar. Right. I mean, it's going to be hard. The same kind of people, I think they've talked about this, the same kind of people who are enrolling in vaccine trials right now, you would start to ask this question. And again, this is conjecture. I don't have evidence to say this, but like enough, I mean, enough people have asked it that I think it's fair to ask. Are you talking about the same people who would be taking precautions, who would like, they believe in science enough to enter a trial, so they also believe in science enough to be masking and social distancing and all that kind of stuff. So are both groups less likely to get COVID than other people? But still, they see the difference. But And that's why you have the control group, is because then you can compare those two set groups of people and say, ah, we still saw a significantly higher number of infections in the placebo group than we did in the yeah. study arm. So, and that's what they did. They discussed challenge trials. Which are? You give, you vaccinate somebody and then give them the virus and see what happens. It's ethically very dicey. Um, There's an argument to be made that you could do them, but since there's still so little, there's still so much for us to learn about the long-term effects of this virus, that's the problem, right? Because like you could pick a bunch of healthy college-age students or something. Mm -hmm. I know that maybe a college-age student I know was contacted about possibly enrolling in one she did not but um as far as i know they didn't happen but that was a discussion could we do challenge trials um uh and then uh the big argument i'm seeing is that the covid vaccine has been rushed and hasn't gone through rigorous testing um rushed is true right i mean technically in what sense do you mean rushed Faster than they would normally do a vaccine. Not in the sense that we cut corners and skip protocols in order to. No, we rushed. Right. It rushed in the sense of rush delivery. <laughs> they <laughs> they tried really hard to bring it the same consistent, safe way they always have, but it was it's, a rush. You know what? Actually, it's the maximum rush. Actually, that's a good way of looking at it. That this is actually a really good. Oh, analogy. I've stumbled into relevance. I think you have. No, I think you found a really good analogy. When you need a package like overnighted to you. And so you like pay extra to get the get the thing overnighted to you. Your expectation is not that the item that you have just ordered will be like launched out of a T-shirt cannon as they drive past your house. Exactly. Like thrown from the shelf into someone's hands who then like quickly stuffs it into a box and throws it onto the back of a truck that then drives at 100 miles per hour to like you know, get put in the back of an airplane from like an unlicensed pilot who really shouldn't be doing this and is flying under the cover of darkness so that nobody finds out about <laughs> Launch it. Launchpad McQuack and like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, no, what you expect is just that the channels that can move it faster are being used so that it gets to you faster. That is what has happened here. No corners were cut. It was not done in any way 
that was, you know, like neglecting scientific rigor. This va- these vaccines were made the same way all vaccines are made. They just had the money and the resources and the lack of barriers that allowed them to move at this speed. This is in some could look at the like science could move this this speed all the time. We have the technology. <laughs> we could move this fast all the time. If you have the money and the political will and the resources and the backing and the belief of all the people involved to do it, we could we could do great things like this constantly. Like we got to the moon, you know, got to the moon. It really makes you stop and question whether capitalism has any business in medicine and scientific research when you see this. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Maybe next time. Uh, Sorry. I'm just saying we could always move this fast. So that hopefully answers your questions. Quells some fears about, uh, vaccines. Um, you know, if you're getting them, that's good for you. C- congratulations. I'd love to know that I, you know, had that level of safety that my wife is enjoying. Your, um, arm, got, your arm got swollen. There was a I mean, little bit of swelling, but I, I'm there, always working out. Knot. It could have been my muscle buff, no, just not, making it look it better and more swollen. No, there was a palpable knot. Thanks so much. I do confess it. Thanks so much <laughs> to the taxpayers for the use of our theme songs. It's a departure. That's not actually accurate. That's my brother, my brother, me. Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Uh, that is the actual title uh, track. I, I, I just think we should reiterate. I can't tell you how much I believe in these vaccines and the scientists who have made them um, enough that we both are in a trial. Again, like our family members are in a trial. We would enroll our children in a trial. I would advocate strongly that when you are able to, when it is your turn and your name is called, get there, get the vaccine, the way that we protect all the people, like all of the kids who have not been, you know, included in the studies and all the pregnant and breastfeeding people who have not been included in the studies and may may be a little wary at this point for that reason. And all the people who don't have access to it. Because that's the other thing, like. We are so privileged to be talking about getting this vaccine, whether or not we want to get this vaccine in the next few months. There are parts of this country and then even more so corners of this world where they don't have that option. People will not have the option to get any of these vaccines for the entire entirety of 2021. Yeah. And every person that gets vaccinated is helping to protect all the people who aren't yeah. yet. Some parts of the world can't even get them. And Sydney's over here thinking about taking two. It's no, that's why I called the investigator. Um, we, uh, okay. So, uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, tomorrow is, uh, December the 19th and we are doing our annual candle night spectacular, but this one's extra duper special because you can participate no matter where you are on this beautiful globe of ours. The Candle Nights 2020 special is a uh, taped event that will begin at 8 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, December 19th. But it is a video on demand thing, so you can watch it until January 4th. We'll be doing a sort of tweet along uh, uh, at 8.05 p.m. Uh, on Saturday I'm using the hashtag so Candlelights. I know. It's great. It's like over two hours. It's so jam-packed full of songs and skits and goofs and celebrities and dances and... The the a Medicine Called Christmas trilogy yeah, com- will be complete. Uh, we'll I say completed. that, but we'll probably do a fourth one next well, year. Well, if the fans demand it, um, <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, tickets are six twenty five. 
Um, and uh, proceeds from that are going to uh, Harmony House, which is, oh, as we were talking about earlier, a shelter for people experiencing homelessness More in than our that. region. It's a whole organization. It helps people get housed and get jobs and, and all kinds of services, access all kinds of services within our community. It's a wonderful organization that I'm very excited to take my vaccinated body back to to provide yeah. medical care next year. Uh, Bit.ly forward slash Candlelights 2020. If you can't watch live, don't sweat it. You can still get your tickets and watch it whenever you please. Um, so please do that. It's a great cause. And I really am so proud of the show. Wait till you see it. You won't believe how uh, absolutely buck wild it is. Um, that is going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much. And be sure to join us again next time for Sawbones. Until then, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Wait. Come back, listener. Wait, I stopped the music. Also, Sawbones paperback. Did want to mention that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to forget. Uh, this is a special uh, last one of these before Christmas. So, do you want to say, um, since we probably won't have an episode next week because of Christmas, I would imagine bit.ly forward slash Sawbones paperback comes out December 29th. So this is the last episode before then. If you want to pre-order it, please, please, please pre-order it. And get it. That really helps us out. The first week sales are a big deal for a book. Um, it's, it's got, got new got, content. Exactly. It's got some new stuff, uh, chapters that are relevant to pan- the pandemic and everything that's happening now. It's not about that, but like relevant to those things about quarantine and such. And new art for my sibling, Taylor, that uh, that you will greatly enjoy. So, so okay. Extra stuff. Bit.ly forward slash Solvons paperback. Please go pre-order that now. We really, really appreciate it. December 29th. Thank you so much. Okay. Back to the music. Fund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.